Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. As human beings, we face many threats in life. For children, most threats are physical in nature. Children are not born with the instincts and knowledge to know in advance what can be harmful or even lethal. Children, therefore, must rely on parents and other responsible adults to teach them what to fear and avoid. But then again, we are talking about physical threats, things that can cause injury, pain, disability, or even death. As children age and grow, their consciousness expands to consider and learn the historical, factual, moral, and philosophical aspects of life. The concept of danger and threat is no longer just immediate, but consists of everything from the current moment to the infinite future. Or at least it should. Unfortunately, we've raised a generation for whom the now is the only thing that matters. The risks of the future are too amorphous and distant to be of concern. And that is a grave problem for mature adults of our generation. Not only have we learned history, we have actually lived it and know that history does repeat itself. Our task is to teach those lessons to the current generation. They are the ones who must now take action to preserve the freedoms we fought for and that they have taken for granted. In America today, we are fighting two separate insurgencies. Each has its own and very different worldview, but they share one common goal, to destroy our constitutional republic that protects and secures the natural law rights and sovereignty of the individual. Our discussion today will center on understanding the threat of Islam, Jihad, and Sharia law. My guest is John Guandolo, and he has a very impressive biography. He is, first of all, the president and founder of Understanding the Threat, the only organization in the nation which provides a detailed assessment of the enemy threat in our local area, provides law enforcement investigative solutions, and creates state-level counterinsurgency strategies to identify, dismantle, and defeat the jihadi network in our area. Now, in addition to all of that, he is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. He was an officer in the United States Marine Corps. 
He served as an infantry platoon commander in combat operations, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Uh, in addition to that, he, uh, let's see, he is a combat diver, military freefall parachutist, and is a graduate of the U.S. Ranger Army Ranger School. He also joined the FBI and served in the Washington Field Office, and shortly after 9-11, he began an assignment to the Counterterrorism Division of the FBI's Washington Field Office. So he is an FBI first counterterrorism training education program. He's the founder of that. He was presented with the Defender of Homeland Award by U.S. Senators Kyle and Joseph Lieberman. Now, he is also the author of a book called Raising a Jihadi Generation. And the book may be purchased at his website, which is www.understandingthethreat.com or at Amazon.com and major bookstores. So, Mr. John Guandolo, welcome to Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you, Dr. Dan. I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to... Uh to speak with you and uh, have a conversation with you and your audience. Well, John, uh, if I were to say that one thing, I would say that your credo is putting freedom back on the offensive where it belongs. Wouldn't you say that's correct? I would. That is uh, something that we say and I and we team at Understanding the Threat truly mean because as you have just uh very articulately detailed. We have a lot of threats coming at the United States, but really these threats are all about attacking and destroying liberty. The liberty that uh, our Creator gave us, the liberty that is innate in us, and that is really what understanding the threat is all about, is about speaking truth boldly in love about these threats, uh, to defend liberty and to promote liberty and to uh, fight against uh, tyranny in whatever form it comes in. We are fighting a battle of individuals, individualism versus collectivism. And you have really so correctly mentioned our creator who gave us our natural law rights. We are very blessed in the United States that our founders understood what natural law rights were, which is why they gave us our Constitution and Bill of Rights. That is where all of this comes from, natural law rights, rights we have because of the, of the divinity, because God gave each individual those rights. And so when we're faced with an insurgency inside our country that is trying to take our rights away, that's why this is such a critical discussion. So, Let's start with a historical perspective. And we're talking again about Islam, jihad, and Sharia law. Where did Islam come from? How did this all get started? Well, that, that's a great way to frame the discussion, is, is to ask about where Islam came from. And, and if we just look historically, uh, according to Islamic sources, in the year 570, a man named Muhammad was born on the Arabian Peninsula, which we now call Saudi Arabia, in the, in the area of Mecca. And in the year 610, 
according to Islamic sources, he began receiving uh, revelations through um, through an angel uh, that these revelations came directly from uh, what Islam describes as Allah, their, their God. And over a period of approximately 22 to 23 years, uh, he continued to receive these revelations. And in the fir- first 13 years, um, he only could, I mean, the highest estimates are approximately 200 people in 13 years that he converted to this new religion, if you will. It's a really a totalitarian way of life called Islam, that he got these revelations that are now what is understood to be the Quran. And the entire system of Islam is built on what was revealed to Muhammad and then how Muhammad lived his life. And so, according to these revelations, according to the Quran, Muhammad is the perfect example of a human being. He is the, quote, exalted standard of of conduct for all Muslims for all times. So, that is... Islam. It's a, it's a complete way of life governed by Allah's divine law, which is, you use the word Sharia, that is what Islam uh, says is their divine law. That all Muslims, a Muslim being somebody who adheres to and submits to Islam, that Sharia is what they're submitting to, Allah's divine law. So when we understand that, and we understand that that is what is commanded of all Muslims, then it starts to bring everything into perspective. So initially, this sounds, of course, like reasonable uh, at the outset, but he wasn't very successful, was he? No, I mean, in his first, uh, like I say, in his first six or seven years, Islamic sources say Muhammad only converted about six people, and those were his immediate family members, uh, his family members. And then you see, um, after his time in Mecca, and again, 13 years, the highest estimates are are 200 people brought into Islam. And his message at the time for those first 13 years was pretty simple. And that is that there is only one God, Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. But the idea that there was one God, not hundreds of gods, as the pagans believed, because at that time he was in an area where there were primarily uh, there were three primary Jewish tribes and pagans, primarily. That's what he was dealing with. Now, a strange thing happened was in the year 622, uh, Mohammed made the hijra or the, the journey to Medina. He was called into Medina, and he became a political leader, a military leader, and raised a army. Uh, and then all of a sudden, many people came to Islam. And that's the first time uh, at the beginning of his time in Medina that we see jihad. First, it was defensive jihad, and we see warfare being waged by Muhammad, the perfect example of a man in Islam, according to 
uh, Islam, according to the Quran. Uh, so he begins waging war, uh, progressively more aggressive war, uh, until finally he is waging offensive war with the command uh, to fight and slay the unbeliever wherever you find them and lie and wait for them in every stratagem of war. The command to wage war against the pagans and the Christians and the Jews until they submit to Sharia. That's the final outcome of Islam. And that continues to be the permanent command by Allah in Islam for all time. So after the period in Medina, uh, Islam became a, I would guess you'd call it a religion spread by aggression. And people say it was spread at the point of a sword. Is that not true? That is, that's correct. That, uh, Jihad, warfare against the non-Muslim world, is a permanent requirement till the entire world is submitted to Sharia. So the, the goal of Islam is not, as some people claim, to kill all non-Muslims or to convert all non-Muslims. It is to submit the world to Allah's divine law, according to Islam, which is Sharia. And you can do that by, you know, people can convert to Islam, uh, they can submit to Islamic law and pay the non-Muslim poll tax called the jizya, or they can be killed. You wage war against the people who refuse to do those two things. Now, this, that, what I just described, is what Christians and Jews can do. If you're a pagan, as Islam defines it, basically anybody who's not Christian, Jewish, or Zoroastrian, um, then you either convert or you are killed. Uh, that's that's what Sharia demands. So yes, that is the permanent obligation upon the entire world. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum will return after this quick break. So Islam then went on really basically centuries of offense uh, in which they conquered more and more territory. What were they trying to create? Well, the purpose of Islam is to create a world in which Sharia is the law of the land in the entire, on the entire planet. And they call it a caliphate, a global Islamic state, uh, where one man, a caliph, rules the caliphate, the caliphate. And, um, that's it. Islam, it's that simple. There's no mystery to, to Islam. And I just want to mention something. Uh, many people consider Islam a religion, and it has some of the characteristics of religion. But what's interesting is Islam does not define itself as a religion. Islam defines itself as a complete way of life, social, cultural, military, political, and it has a religious component, all governed by Islamic law. So that's why in for instance, in the most widely used textbook in the United States to teach 12-year-old Muslims what Islam is all about, and the title of the book is What Islam is, you know, is All About, is, um, says on page two, Islam is not a religion, however, but a complete way of life. And I think it, in, in understanding the nature of what we are up against in Islam, that that's very important. We know that. And you just mentioned, Dr. Dan, the historical piece of this. And 
if we look at this, the early 7th century, um, we see that Jerusalem is conquered by the Muslims. And they very rapidly expand out of the Arabian Peninsula. And we see in 100 years from his death in 632 to 732, where we have the Battle of Tours, where they're, they're defending France. I mean, from the Arabian Peninsula to, you know, the uh, outskirts of the capital of France. And, uh, you know, the battles there ends Western civilization, and uh, the, the Muslims are pushed back. But we see over and over, you know, in 1095, after 450 years of unprovoked Muslim aggression into the West, finally, uh, Pope Urban II in 1095 declares the Crusades to defend the West. And uh, a much, much more limited uh, series of battles to retake Jerusalem and to free uh, the Holy Land and defend Western civilizations. But we see this into the, uh, you know, in the 1571 at the Battle of Lepanto and, and 1683, September 11th, 1683, uh, at the gates of Vienna, where uh, Western civilization is defended. And, and finally, the first war that America fights after its revolution is against Muslims, the Barbary states. So this has been ongoing throughout history, and only because we don't teach our children history are they ignorant of a lot of what you and I are discussing. We're talking with John Guandolo, the president and founder of Understanding the Threat, the only organization in our nation that provides a detailed assessment of the enemy threat in our own local area, law enforcement investigated solutions. He has a TV show, by the way, which can be found at www.wvwtv.com. He's the author of a very important book, Raising a Jihadi Generation, which may be purchased on his website and at Amazon.com. So, John, so we've talked about a hundreds, really hundreds of years of expansion of really jihad, through jihad, of Islam. And as you so aptly put, this is not a religion. It is a, a way of life, uh, really a collective way of life, uh, if you want to look at it that way. And some people characterize the Crusades as being religious wars. Uh, I don't know if you can characterize it that way if what we're fighting was not really a religion. I think the Crusades can accurately be described as, uh, in the sense that people consider Islam a religion, uh, religious wars, but I think it's more appropriately described as the, uh, uh, the defense of innocence for the sake of good by the Crusade and the, uh, the battles in the, that first Crusade um, against a, a an easily definable barbaric and evil system that is Islam. And I, what I think is despicable, I think is a, a, a word that I don't really ever use, but it just came to me. It's, it really is despicable that um, people defend people who consider themselves, and, and even Christian leaders, um, 
will defend Islam, saying it's a religion of peace. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. This is Dr. Dan reminding you that Chris Gobbitz will be discussing Islam, Jihad, and Sharia law Tuesday evening, January the 15th at the Butternut Creek Community Room at 7 p.m. This critical lecture is important for you to attend. Tuesday, January 15th, 7 p.m., Butternut Creek Community Room. Chris Gobbitz of Understanding the Threat.